0: We live in a day and age of uh, do-it-yourself, and um, sometimes I'm like, well, why do I have to do it all myself? They never tell you when uh, you're starting to be a comedian, hey, learn Photoshop. That's never one of the things. But I'll tell you, like, I have a new special coming out on February 3rd, and when you see it, it is the highest production value thing I've ever made. I had to design video for like 13 LED walls at once, and I didn't know how to do it, and I didn't know that I could have done it a lot easier took me probably two months when it could have taken me two weeks. I was totally in over my head when I started this project. I had no business doing it, but now on the other side of it, hey, I can do it. The process of actually doing it made me stronger.
1: Are you ready to step up your game Do you wanna form the habits required to take your hustle to the next level? You're in the right place. We've been where you are and know that getting to your optimized next level doesn't happen by accident.
2: Welcome to the Next Level Hustle Podcast. Each week we sit down with experts, entrepreneurs, and people at the top of their game to help you discover how to accelerate what you've already been doing with excellence and speed to find success and fulfillment in every area of your life. I'm your host, Boomer Allred. And I'm also your host, John Wiesahan. This is going to be next level. Welcome to the Next Level Hustle Podcast. I'm Boomer. And I'm John. First, before we jump into our guests, so my voice was a little raspy, and John said, can you stop by Starbucks and get two medicine balls? I'd never even heard of this drink. It's amazing. It's like tea and great, amazing...
1: It's off-menu, so it's a combination of two different types of teas, honey, I believe lemonade and whatever other magic concoction they put in it. But it always makes me feel better. It's incredible.
2: It's an off-the-menu. It's a next-level hustle, off-the-menu item, the medicine bowl. All right. So before we bring in our next guest, who I'm very excited to talk about, I got a little story. So I was in Carlsbad, California, you know, just north of San Diego. And I, I was doing some coaching for Unbeatable Mind and Seal Fit. And we had a corporate event down there and I had to take an Uber to one of my events. And so I get in this Uber and I start talking to the Uber driver and he says, you know, I don't just Uber, but I'm also a hypnotist. I'm like, wow, that's interesting. And he gave me a card and it said, the green eyed hypnotist. And he goes, my brother gave me this name. I said, oh, interesting. So we keep talking. And I'm, I'm like, well, I'm going to a corporate event. Have you ever done corporate events? We talk about that. And I said, you know, I listen to a lot of comedians who t- say that's the worst, corporate events are the worst. And he's like, oh, that's interesting. He's like, my brother's a comedian. I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe I know him, what's his name? And he said, my brother's name is Eric Schwartz. I'm like, oh, I've known Eric for about 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> and oddly enough, here's Eric Schwartz, our next guest.
3: I'm in an Uber
0: right now, my <laughs> brother's driving. Right now, this is so weird.
2: That is crazy. Seriously. This is next level. (laughs) So Eric (laughs) is an amazing stand-up comedian. Um, I've known him. We've done some short films together, one with Ed Asner, right, back in (laughs) 2008. And he's just uh, an amazing talent. And obviously from, you know, riding with your brother, who's a great driver, I gave him five stars. Uh, There must be something from your past that, you know, it has this entertainer bug or this hustle bug. Was that in your household growing up? What did that look like?
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of my brother, we both have been hustling since we were kids. We started a, a DJ company when we were, I was 14 and uh, he was uh, 15 or 16. And like I took my bar mitzvah money And I spent it on DJ equipment. My parents were like, you got to save it for college. I'm like, nah, mom and dad, (laughs) I got to hustle these records. So I started DJing when I was about 14. And I knew it had come full circle. When I DJed a bar mitzvah, I was like, I'm back where I started. But yeah, no, I I don't know what it is. Like, even since I was a kid, even before that, I always wanted to, you know, if we were on vacation or something, I felt like I had to get things done. I don't know. I had to accomplish things. I had like things that I wanted to make creatively or, you know, my parents would have to be like, okay, we're going to go on this vacation. We're going to be there for five days. Don't ask to come home early. Like you always do. (laughs) Cause I wanted to come home and like make mixes and like, you know, make, make uh, beat tapes and all that stuff. So,
1: so that's, that's really, that's really cool. Can I, can I unpack that just for a second here? Okay. Yeah. So, I grew up and really came out in like middle school and high school that I had a very strong like ADHD, okay? So that's like ADD with the hyper side. So I always had to be doing something all the time. And I feel like and I went on medicine for it and the medicine sucked, but the medicine like got me through school and I passed college barely thanks to Ritalin. And now you
0: now you, you, you <laughs> suggest a uh, boomer to get that at Starbucks, right? So,
1: but all <laughs> that to say, long story short, I was able to t- take the concentration and the focus and the busyness I had as a kid and really mm-hmm. I've learned to channel it as an entrepreneur to make it super productive, right? And it sounds like that's yeah. a little bit about what you did is, is you were really busy on vacations and things like that, but then you've, you flipped that and you flipped the narrative and said, okay, instead of just being a busybody, I've learned to channel that energy into what I'm doing today.
0: Yeah, I think you pretty much just diagnosed me with ADHD. I never knew. (laughs) You (laughs) never know what
1: Ritalin could have done for you back in the
0: 90s. (laughs) I I guess I just found out why I'm like this. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I have, you know, I do try to channel it for sure because, you know, it drives you crazy. I think what it was back then, it was like, I just really had fun doing those things. And I was like, I want to go. This is what is fun to me is like, DJing parties and like you know learning about music and entertaining people that's what was fun and uh so I like wanted to get back to that you know what I mean but yeah I, I've always been like I was a, I was on the swim team and I was I volunteered I kind of created helped create um, a, a lane in the pool where we were gonna do more than what the coach assigned us to do as far as the workout we called ourselves the animal lane and (laughs) we just wanted to go above and beyond because we wanted to win and we wanted to like train as hard as we could. That was on my senior year. So I was the team captain. I wasn't the fastest swimmer by far, but uh, definitely worked. I would say worked as hard as anybody. I've always like had that. So I know that um, you guys have probably listened to David Goggins, right? Oh, yeah. Like, that guy's the the highest level of hustle I could even think of. The So highest. when his first book came out, it just, like, I was wondering, why did that so much resonate with me? And it's because I think from sports, from, you know, hi, um, high school swimming and water polo and even, you know, beyond in college, I kept training even on my own and in, in club teams. I think that just that that mindset of, like, grind – was instilled in me from a pretty young age. You know, my dad was an entrepreneur and, you know, I had my own business. And I, you know, with my DJ business, I actually, when I was a teenager, started uh, doing high school dances and stuff. And I pretty much in my, in my area, I think I did like, I, I think I calculated it once and it was like 85% of all the schools I, I was doing their
1: dances. That So at that time. that's incredible. Like it really is incredible. Yeah. So what what is like, it, and I, I hear you like, hustle like for me and hustle sounds like for you has been something that's ingrained in you since your childhood right
0: yeah and i think like maybe like a lot of people they think they feel like hustle is like a bad thing or like it's it's like they dread it right it's like a chore it kind of sounds like it's a chore exactly and by the way if you hear this this is the trash guy coming outside my studio he's hustling you hear it
2: yeah, you got some hustlers yeah, outside. That's right. It's
0: raining cats and dogs here in, in L.A., and he's still out there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, um, but I, I kind of, I think that, uh, like, if you approach the hustle as, like, something you want to do, like, the fun, like, creating, or if you're doing some kind of exercise type of thing, you really enjoy it, or you trick your mind somehow into enjoying that pain.
1: Yeah, like, get you fired up, right? Get you get you. right, 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 right. So, like... Yeah, to- totally with you. So what is one thing, like, look, we got a lot of listeners here that are like, oh, man, I want to take it to the next level. I want to hustle. I want to, I want to take whatever I'm doing and do it better. From your experience, what is one thing that you would recommend to our listeners? It's like, hey, here's what's worked for me for the last 35 years or, you know, however long when I, when I think of hustle. What is one thing that they may not be doing today as a habit that has been meaningful to you in your career? to create that hustle for you that you're describing right now?
0: Well, I come, I'm a, a creative hustler, right? And uh, so one thing that has just like changed my life is Morning Pages. And that comes from a book called The Artist's Way uh, by Julia Cameron, James Cameron's ex-wife. And so she has this book, it's not even a, it's not a book that you read per se, it's a book that you do, uh, it's a workbook. And it's kind of like a 12-step program. It's definitely like kind of modeled after a 12-step program for creative recovery. And the main basis of everything you do is morning pages. It's three pages. Just don't censor yourself and just keep writing. It doesn't have to be good. And that kind of gets you out of your own way.
1: Is it a blank page or is it templated?
0: I just get a, a um, spiral notebook, college ruled, and I do three full pages. You know, there's times when I'm not doing it, and that's I start feeling I start feeling it, and I I notice I'm different, and my creativity doesn't flow as well. But when I do it, it feels like it kind of like greases the wheels. It kind of is a brain dump. It's you sometimes will get those flashes of like brilliance that you turn into a bit or you turn into something. But it's not always uh, you know it organizes your mind as well. It's like a you know a daily check-in with yourself. So there's so many benefits to doing that creatively. And that's one thing that I have a habit that I, that I really love.
2: Yeah, Eric. And and I've heard, you know, using that exercise with the artist way, even if you have nothing to write, if you write for three pages, I don't know what to write. You just write that over and over. And what it apparently does is knocks down that edit wall between your right and left side brain. So it allows you to play in both spaces so it's a great exercise just to get out there and just don't even worry about what you're writing. It's that you're writing. It's the exercise of getting through it.
0: Yeah, and you said it. You said it. Exercise. That's all it is. It's doing reps.
2: So when you are going day to day, okay. So yeah, I love talking about what you do when no one's watching, right? Well, that's that's your own business. But what you're doing. <laughs> well, we are on your, a
0: computer. For your right? you yeah, that's I mean?
2: true. That's true. Um, you know what you're doing for your craft when no one is watching. Um, you know, you have a big team around you, right? Oh, wow. That creates, uh-uh. you know, uh-uh. you have all this marketing nope. and you've got a filmmaker with you <laughs> no. and you have like a, you know, a guy who books all your travel and everything, right? Tell us about that team that surrounds you.
0: Yeah, we live in a day of in day and age of uh do it yourself. And um sometimes I'm like, well, why do I have to do it all? Why do I have to do it all myself? They never tell you when uh you're starting to be a comedian, they never say hey, learn Photoshop. That's never one of the things, right? But I'll tell you, like, I have a new special coming out on February 3rd. And when you see it, it is the highest production value thing I've ever made. I've been doing videos since, like, 2001 or 2000, like, around there, uh, before anyone was doing them. And uh, this is by far the best thing I've ever made. I had to design video for like 13 LED walls at once. And I didn't know how to do it. And I didn't know that I could have done it a lot easier uh, by using something called proxies. And I didn't know that. So I did it like the insanely hard way that took me probably two months when it could have taken me two weeks. So yeah, I mean, also I was reflecting on that the other day in my morning pages about like, I was totally in over my head when I started this project. I had no business doing it. But now on the other side of it, hey, I can do it. Like this process of actually doing it made me stronger. It made me like a better comedian. It made me a better, you know, just creative all around. I have more skills that I never knew I would ever have.
1: And and I love that. Aren't we always all in a little over our head Mm -hmm. in the beginning? Yeah. When you're in over your head, it means you're learning a new skill you don't have you're building a new yeah, muscle not, like, that you're building a new muscle that doesn't exist.
0: It made me realize like going forward I want to those are the kind of goals that I got to set, right? The things that I don't think I can do.
1: You have to get out of your comfort zone.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the actual mantras that I actually say in the special, the this this special is a l- way different than a normal stand-up special. I do musical comedy mixed with stand-up. Stand-up at its core, but I I launch into music pieces and multimedia. Which is like videos and stuff like live music videos on the screen and and all this stuff, so one uh, at the end, I do a song that's not necessarily as comedic as the rest because I wanted to kind of tie it all together. It kind of plays a little bit like it has a a through line of of birth of like rebirth and stuff like that, so it's getting real deep right the the last the last piece one of the 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 lines in it is um is, is about how to make it. Like you, uh, you ask yourself a lot of times people in show business, they say, they go, when am I going to make it? Or I want to make it. And then it really made me think of what does that mean? And you go, oh yeah. And I said the, I said the phrase again, when am I going to make it? I have to make it. Uh, you, there's not somebody, a magical person who's going to scoop me up and take me where I want to go. Like, I have to make it or manifest the, the thing that I want to happen.
1: Have you been in a situation in your life where you have said, oh, I'm going to make it when? And then that mm. thing happens, and you're like, this is kind of anticlimactic. And then you set a new goal, and you're like, I will make it when? And then you reach that goal, and it's anticlimactic. And you just keep setting new goals for yourself because when you think you've made it, you want to go that much further.
0: Right. I mean every every finish line's a new starting line, you know, you've heard that for sure. You uh that's actually David Goggins new book is called Never Finished. So, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, with all this like um hustle talk, I'm like a DJ like sampling from all these <laughs> all these uh, greats, you know, and I'm playing them back to you. And then people think I'm a genius, but I'm just uh I'm just uh playing other people's recorded music. In, in a lot of ways with the with that hustle talk. But um, yeah, I mean, except the the part about when am I going to make it? That's original. That's original.
1: That was good. Uh, that was really good. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's my original goal. So, so what, is,
1: what is like, you know, not getting into like super personal details or anything, but like for you, what is a goal where you're like, if I do this, I've made it. Like I've arrived.
0: Okay. Well, I was touring with uh, Joe Coy before the pandemic and stepping on stage before him every night I was like, wow, this well, is where I want to what be. What were
2: some of the venues? Uh, I know Joe's uh, pretty well, big.
0: we went to six countries. Some of the coolest venues in Sydney, we did something called the Super Theater. It was like an 8,500 seat theater or something like that. I, I've never seen a theater go that high. Wow. But the biggest two venues we did were the Chase Center in San Francisco and the Forum in Los Angeles. And those are about 13,000, a little over 13,000. Seats
2: each. That's amazing, Eric. Those that's, are arenas. That's incredible. So l- let me ask you. I mean, I've seen you in small rooms, right? Mm-hmm. And um, how does how does your act play in a larger venue? Like, do you feel it's different? Is the connection different? You do some you do some uh, crowd work as well. You know, do you mm-hmm. have a different mentality in a small room versus, I mean, a giant room like that?
0: Um, yes and no. It, it feels a lot different because you feel the energy from that many people, but. I mean, I got used to, you know, I was on the, on the road with him for about eight or nine months and you get used to like, okay, a crowd is a crowd. If it's big, you're just, it just felt like comfortable again. It just felt like, uh, that's, that's where I'm performing. It's a, it's really like a rush to get that kind of reaction from like a huge amount of people. You feel that roar and it gives you so much confidence but, you know, it also made me stronger in the small rooms, I was like more fearless, you know, because I was having so much fun.
1: So let's break this up a second. Can we hear a little bit of Eric's work?
3: I fantasize about becoming a superstar, right? I, like, this is one of my favorite guys. Look, this is one of my favorite guys. I like, could sound just like a watch. Ready? Oh, girl. <laughs> Shoddy, <I>, yeah. <laughs> Sounds exactly like T-Pain. Unless you're a little older. If you're older, it sounds like, do you believe in life? I to love. <laughs> this sounds like T-Pain, dude. up. Yeah, you love that, dude. You touched yourself. It was awesome. Right? Now you know, without autotune, he sounds exactly like me. What if you go to the cur- his, his concert, the curtain comes up. It's been me the whole time. Right? Oh, girl. You're looking so sweet tonight and I just wanna make sweet love to you. It's a nerd's dream. Because I can say things into this I can't say in my normal life. I watch, oh hey girl, do you wanna go on a date? That doesn't work, but watch this. Old girl, give me that booty. That works. This thing does other voices. I'm gonna find where all my nerds are just by doing this voice. It's so nerdy. Ready? Here we go. Domo arigato, misto Roboto. Your nipples are hard. Admit it! Dude, this thing is, what? Transformers more than meets the eye. I just transformed from a dude to a crouching dude. I could be like a one-man band with this is the best watch awesome. I'm beatboxing out my nose. look. I like it. I like it. I I love you guys. Thank you so much. Have a good one.
2: So, day to day, what inspires you to come up with a new act, a new thought, something that you're gonna, you know, bring back up on stage. You know, you're gonna come up with a special, and all the comedians on podcasts talk about this. You put out a special and now it kind of burns all of your stuff, supposedly, right? Mm -hmm. What do you do to, you know, get those new thoughts going for a new special?
0: Yeah, that's the scary part, right? That's the part that I'm like, uh, what am I going to do once everyone sees this? But that's a great problem to have because uh, when it's seen on that level, that's what I want. That's what I wanted for, for the years that I've been uh, putting into this this special. But as far as like, how do you come up with things? People have sometimes asked me that. How do you come up with that? I kind of feel like it comes up with me. You know, you got to listen whether you're just in the shower or driving around or something strikes you, it's your responsibility to record it somehow, meaning write it down or put it in your phone or, or whatever and work on it. And it's, it's just like the constant obsession with creating that will take you there.
2: So being present, aware, just always yeah. witnessing things around you?
0: Yeah. Just like recognizing it. Oh, that's a good thought. I'm going to write that down. It, It's like, it's not, as I say, it's not rocket science. It's just, uh, you know, working at it. You, this is m- what my job entails, right? If you're a doctor, you, you gotta maybe keep up on the latest medicine. You gotta know what, what the, the latest medical reports are saying. And y- you have to, um, you know, et cetera. But Sounds like for, you're ready
2: to be a doctor. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready to be a doctor. I just look like one. You know, it
1: goes goes back to like the thought process around like you have an idea and you start working it and you start to develop it. Right? Right. I've had an idea for the last sixty days or so. I've just been noodling on in my own head and starting to finally bake it out and put it into motion. Probably in the next two weeks from a business perspective. But I think Mm -hmm. that's the difference, right? I think it's taking the idea and like hanging on to it and thinking about it and manifesting that idea and then turning it into reality. And I think that's where, you know, people like you, Eric, and people like Boomer, you know, take things from, you know, ideology or thought, right? And and look, 95% of us have lots of thoughts all day long, but what do we do with those thoughts? We usually let them go. But when Mm -hmm. you can take a thought, you can hold on to it, and you can let it manifest and bake and think and sleep on it and let your brain process it, and then put it into action. I think is where the next level hustle is really what it's all about. I mean, it, it, quite frankly, like taking the thought and turning it into action and executing on the idea and the thoughts that come to you. And you do a great job of that. Oh, thanks.
0: Well, yeah, that that is it. It's just hustle. It's just doing it when you don't want to do it and getting it out. Is it's um, you know telling your your mind that it is worth doing in this moment.
2: That's great. Sure. So the idea of being a DJ and then a comedian and then combining the two. Like what yeah. tell me, tell me some some joy that, that brings you, like being a kid and, and being an adult and being able to mix that up. What what does that bring you?
0: That actually came out of my morning pages. It asks, uh at some point it asks, like, what what would you like to do if money weren't an issue? If you could, you know, what is the exact thing you would want to do? And so I described my show as I want people to feel like. They're having a party um sitting down, and you know they're they're just having the most fun they've ever had so that's kind of where that concept came from and I go hey, kind of like when I'm djing and then I said, how can I bring that musical element of it into it I just I feel like music has always been a part of me and it would be it would be dishonest as a comedian to not use it because it's always you know I come from my stepfather's a musician it's always been such a big part of my life you know from djing and and all that stuff that
2: like that's this is what I do. So that's amazing. John, how do how do you use music? I mean, you're in music all the time, right? Well, you know, oh, it's, you do um, music.
1: I do not do music. I am not music. Let's play a, let's play a clip. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so uh the clip would be silence in my ah. med- in my meditation factor with Boomer. <laughs> it'd, be a,
2: it'd be a clip of him listening to music, which is nice.
3: Oh, so okay. I,
1: I have a outstanding respect for music because I think I, I can't do it. Like I, I've tried to play a musical <clears throat> instrument. I can't sing. Like I'm tone deaf, but I, ha- I, I would sit and listen to somebody play the guitar for 12 hours in a row because I think the talent is something that I've never been able to achieve on my own. And I have a tremendous amount of respect for the people who can.
0: That's how I feel about accountants.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, <yeah. laughs>
0: After I got audited, I'm like, I wish I could do that.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's a special skill, <laughs> say please. It <laughs> but it's uh, music is a huge part of my life. I listen to music all day long, every day. Music is always on, whether even my kids. Uh, we play music through Sonos at the house all days, from the minute we wake up from to the minute we go to sleep. If we're not watching TV, which is very very rare, we are always have music on in the background in the office. We have Sonos. We're always listening to music, from chill beats to country music to Christmas music during Christmas time, during the holidays. It's uh, you know, it's 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 always on. It's a really big part of my life. And for me, it calms me and it lets me think uh think more freely. It just does something to my brain. So it's a huge part of my life.
0: Yeah. It sets an atmosphere. It you does. Know, I would watch when I was DJing, I would kind of like do little social experiments on my own and try to like get people to do things with just playing music or just get them to, like, feel a certain way. So it's, kind of, it's very similar with with comedy of, like, okay, what order are you going say to th- say things? Or you you got these bits, which are almost kind of like records. Okay, I could drop that in here. This one probably won't follow the other one. I got to lift them up. You know what I mean? So I always, I always think about it as, like, I always have one foot on the stage and one foot in the audience. So I'm kind of, like part of the audience as well. I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah. No,
2: absolutely. And and I love the fact that, you know, you talked about your special and the things you had to learn for your special, right? And Uh those are skill sets that, you know, you brought along with you. You use your DJ kind of like logical mind to set up your set right? It's like where things are going to work best, how you're going to tune up the audience and, and play with them a little bit. And I think what, you know, you know, they say how you do one thing is how you do everything. And you realize that, you know, the professionalism that you bring through your experience from your past and now your present, it's amazing all the stuff you can lean on and just grow from there. So, you know, I, I think it's amazing. I, I love hearing that you tour with Joe Coy in those huge venues, but I also love watching you in the small rooms and just kind of like being you and and electric. And I can't wait for this audience to check you out. So where can our audience check you out?
0: Well, I wanted the biggest audience to be able to see me. So I'm putting it on YouTube. Never heard of it. So it'll be on my YouTube, (laughs) youtube.com slash Eric Schwartz. You can subscribe there now. And uh, I would say if anyone really wants to be down with the Schwartz force, you should go to ericschwartzlive.com. And sign up for my Schwartzforce list, and that's how I can let you know about shows and everything that I'm doing. Because social media doesn't always show you everything, right? That's right.
2: That's right. Well, Eric, it was it was a pleasure. I'm sorry your brother wasn't on here. I was hoping he would hypnotize us, uh, but that's that's fine. Tell him I said hi.
0: I'm under his spell right now, so everything that I said comes from him. <laughs> I I don't remember giving him that name, the Green Eyed Hypnotist. And that's what he said. Because I when I hear that name, I'm like, oh, that's what you are. I'm I'm like, (laughs) it's kind of a silly name to me,
2: but. Well, you're a silly man. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Next Level Hustle podcast, where we help you accelerate what you already know to the next level.
1: If you'd like to support the podcast, consider sharing it on social media, subscribing wherever you listen, or leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next week for another Next Level Hustle conversation. I'm John.
2: And I'm out. And I'm Boomer. I'm also out.